Because I'm frozen. I'm frozen. We need the we need the we need the music to keep going. We need the music to keep going so I can just keep like just doing this chair dance. Never gonna give you up. Oh no, never gonna let you down. (laughs) We got copyright infringement. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to another show, another podcast, another episode of the Raw, the Unfiltered Experience (laughs) with Christopher Roush and my beautiful co-host. Scott Goyet. I like Ron Unscripted too. We can do Ron Unscripted today. We can just merge (laughs) the two together. Raw and unfiltered and unscripted. Yes, that's that's what we do here every single week, guys. We are here every single Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Your place where we have unfiltered conversations designed to move you forward, to shift your perspective just a little bit about the opportunities and the amazing uh, way that you can live your life moving forward from this point. Scott, how are you doing this week, brother? Chris, I'm doing okay, but I have this really weird itch on my arm that's bothering me. I'm going to show you. I'm not sure what it is. Oh no way! He's rocking. I'm not sure. It's like there's some like itch there. It's something about. Yeah. I think this it's might be itch. the theme of our show. If we want to become unstoppable, we got to start by believing, and maybe we got to explore some of the ways that we can tolerate less, but at the same time, still be empathetic to all. Ooh, Is that too much to do today? No, no. And, and then what we got to do is we got to be able to to go love now. Bam. To go love ourselves now. Right now, yeah. right now. I like yeah. it. As a matter of fact, that was one of the things I was working on earlier with our webmaster, Ben, is getting oh, yeah. these things up on the website for sale. Hey. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we got to believe. We got to have no excuses. And definitely, we got to have the faith that life is happening for us and not to us. And uh, we have a show to you for you guys tonight. We have an amazing guest that's going to inspire you off your ass and into being healthy and having a kick-ass 2022. Scott, please uh, give the honors and introduce our guest tonight. I'll do it. So, you know, one of the things Chris and I talk about a lot, and there's a fine line in the balance with this, is what is it that we really need to tolerate or are willing to tolerate in this world? But at the same time, how can you be remotely tolerant, be empathetic to all, but not allow people to do things that are invading your peace? And I know I just made that super verbose, but at the end of the day, your peace matters. And who you are and your journey matter to you. And so this amazing human being is somebody who, even though, you know, everything in her world was being, you know, Chris and I talk about identity all the time. Everything in her world was being built. You know, she's going from step A to step B. Like we all talk about being on autopilot. This person made some huge decisions to get out of the space that she was in and go into a space that she knew she needed to be in. And it's a long journey, and we're going to talk about that and her backstory and then talk about where she is today. Please welcome Hannah Stone. Hannah Stone, hey. welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. What's up, darling? Hey. How are you doing tonight? Great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Pleasure, pleasure. We're uh, super excited to have you here. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. Chris, are you so, drinking today? I don't even think you're drinking, are you? <laughs> I am drinking this whole 32 ounce bottle of Tito's vodka on ice. Now it's watch water. this, watch this, watch this. Naughty, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, what? what are we doing tonight? There you go. Where are we anyway? <laughs> no, it's water. Yeah. Body by cool. Jack. That's later. There you go. What about you? You having your 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 non-tasting, non-gluten? Nothing. Nothing. Something beer? No Pinot no? Noir, no no silly wines, no gluten-free beers, no splash of lime. <laughs> I drank nice. I drank a what do you call it? An electrolyte drink, and now I'm just sitting here drink free. I probably should have a drink actually. 
Well, tonight we're going to be talking about some important stuff. So maybe we want to be a little bit more healthier tonight. There you go. Just okay, water. Just, let's just stick to water. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Super cool. Well, yeah, let me so, go ahead. Yeah. No, I wanted to introduce myself. Uh, so uh, my name is Hannah Stone. I'm 27 years old and I, um, I'm originally from Israel. So first of all, my like English is not my first language. So there might be like a little uh, accent or weird words that I'll say or like different things that I say. So just <laughs> heads up, okay? Uh, all good. And, uh, <laughs> So yeah, so I moved here from Israel about like six years ago. Uh, I just moved to Austin uh, four months ago from uh, Las Vegas. So I was in Las Vegas in the past six years. Uh, but yeah, originally from Israel. So a little further. So you, you posted a picture the other day that really just got me to think and you posted it and it was little tiny Hannah Stone. You might've been what, two, three, four years old, you know, just this little smile. And you were talking about what it would be like to go back and give that little girl a hug and just say, I love you, little Hannah. And that's something Chris and I talk about all the time is going back to that, that child in us and bringing back that curiosity, and that wonder and realizing we're more than enough. We're more than worthy. Let's talk about that journey that starts back where that picture originated and walk us towards today. Yes. So that picture was the, the last, uh, um, um episode that i did on my podcast it's i was talking about like being uh the chubbiest kid out of 11 siblings so i have a uh, 10 siblings but i'm gonna back up a little bit so cool. i'm from israel in uh not from a regular like family like my i grew up in a cult basically so it's like super super orthodox family in israel um so you know most people in israel are like normal there's like maybe like like very small percentage of people in Israel that are actually like religious and very small, like smaller percentage that are actually like really, really extreme, like my parents. So, uh, and they, they don't really, they don't really use condoms. Like they just like having kids. That's pretty much their destiny to just have as, as many kids as possible. So, uh, uh, my, uh, so I was born and raised to into that. Uh, so my, growing up like that basically it's like first of all in that world everything is like you we are com completely disconnected from the world so there's no tv no computers no internet no um movies no video games nothing none of that no music nothing so we live like i came from a little city that is very like a, a small city in israel that no one really goes in and out of the city so it's kind of like um it's kind of like uh, you don't know, like I, Tel Aviv, for example. I'm sure a lot of you heard of Tel Aviv, which is uh, the biggest city, and it's like it's very well known in Israel. But uh, it's like 20 minutes from that city that I grew up in, but I never got to be there growing up because it's so disconnected. They're like so afraid that uh, you're gonna go out and see the world, so they like close you in this little bubble and you're disconnected completely. So growing up in uh, in this was really interesting and uh very like i mean first of all you know i had like 10 siblings so and there's no like you can't really like um be playing like games and stuff like that like uh on the computer so it's uh, it's just like real world stuff like i mean it's just like um uh, i don't know playing outside with the kids or whatever 
And um, I was also like the black sheep of the family. So I, out of the 11 kids, I was in the middle. So five older than me, five younger than me. So my mom, my parents and I, we did not really get along. And that's the least I can say. Um, so I grew up there. And then uh, basically when there's more into that, to that story, but I never felt I never felt connected. I always felt like I'm in a cage. I always felt like I, I'm being told what to do and I don't want to do these things because it simply doesn't make me happy. So when people ask me like, when did you decide that you will not, that you don't want to be there? Uh, it's kind of like, since I can remember myself, like I remember myself uh, like in first grade when everybody got their, um, there's like a little prayer book that everybody's getting in first grade. And it's like exciting because you get to the, you step into the adult world and you can pray from a book, you know? And I was like, fuck that shit. Like, I don't, I don't do that. Like, I mean, I was just kind of like played, you know, like, okay, whatever, you know? Um, but I, and that's the first memory I have of like me not being into that kind of stuff. Like I was, I was like, who am I doing this for? I don't even know what I'm saying here in this book. Like, what am I doing? Uh, so, and then like, you know, I, I always knew that I'm not going to stay there. It's, it was obvious to me. And then when I, w when I turned 14, uh, that was when, that was the first opportunity to escape this place. And it was kind of like, um, my parents and I, um, like I said, we didn't get along and I didn't want to be at home and they didn't want to be, they, they didn't want me to be there. So it was like a kind of thing. It's like we shook hands, we said our goodbye and I left and, um, uh, and I never came back since then. Um, yeah, so. so. So that's pretty intense. And obviously there's a lot more to that story. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty intense. But, but here's, here, here's where I'd like to go with this. And you, if you want to add anything to this, Chris, there's a lot of people who are in situations that they're trying to figure out, how did I get into this situation? Was it by birth? Was it by choice? Was it by need in the moment? And then they're trying to figure out how to get out. And you know, one of the things that I want people to not miss here is that you knew this from day one. So you were trusting yourself. OK, I want people, you know, when they're looking at this and saying, I need to get out of my decision or my, my situation and they're making a decision to really think about it. You know, you had 14 years to say not liking it here, not liking it here, not liking it here. Like you got that. Like this wasn't for you. And so I want to talk, keep talking about the rest of this and the journey and like, you know, how you shifted. But a lot of people will say I need to escape, too. And I want people to really think about you versus their escape, because I know people are going to come watch this and say, I need to leave my relationship. I need to do this. I need to do that. And a lot of it, the stuff Chris and I talk about is that inner work is fine tuning our spirituality, fine tuning our body, fine tuning our mind. And I know that's your big thing. You got out and you wanted to do that and do the inner work. So let's talk about where that journey started with that inner work at age 14 moving forward. Okay, so first of all, I have to say I came from a super religious, orthodox, super extreme. Like my parents are against their own, like they're against military in Israel because there's that extreme. They're like super extreme. So for me, growing up, always spirituality, it was religion. Like it was the same thing. And that was my enemy. Like I did not believe in that. I did not want to have anything to do with spirituality because in my eyes it was religion and I don't like it's cage for me like I don't want to do that uh so when you know when I left I was uh very lost and I never I was never present like in the moment so it was kind of like people say how did you do it you're so brave I was like 
uh, it was pretty easy. I just did it, you know, because I, I never, I was never really experienced, like I never really experienced, I kind of like went parallel to myself, like throughout, like throughout my life. And uh, the, the, actually the inner work that actually the, the, when I discovered the, that spirituality, it's not that it's like completely something different. Uh, that was actually pretty recently. That was uh, a year and a half ago. So I was 26 when that happened. So until the age of 26, I been through some stuff, you know, um, uh, I left my parents' house and then I was in dorms for three years. Uh, it was a very religious dorms each time. So every year it was like a little less religious. Uh, and then after three years, I was like, okay, I got the idea. It doesn't matter the level of religious it is. It's just not for me. I'm out. Like I'm not doing this. <laughs> So uh, I left and then, uh, you know, in Israel, it's mandatory to go to the, to the military when you turn 18. So for me, where I came from, the super extreme Orthodox people, they don't go to the military and especially not the women. The women are staying at home. They're supposed to have to bring the money to, to, you know, to the home and they're supposed to take care of the husband. They're supposed to take care of the kids. They're supposed to be covered. They're supposed to be like. I was supposed to have seven kids right now and like have be like married in some shithole. I don't know, whatever. But uh, anyway, so uh, I, you know, I, I went, to, I, I wanted to be, when I left, it was after I left, I wanted to be like a normal person in Israel and join the military like a normal person in Israel. Uh, so I went to the place where they recruit people and I kind of like, I canceled my um, pass, I would say, you know what I mean, right? Like the, they, they get a, like pass like automatically mm -hmm. especially the women uh so i canceled it and i was like okay i want to go to the military and be like a normal person uh i'll i'll do like so women uh, go for two years men go for three years so i was like okay i'm just gonna do two years just to experience because i know it might give me something good for life uh, even though i knew that I'm, I'm not staying in israel because my dad is american originally my parents be, they became religious so they, they they went even more extreme because they wanted to prove themselves so they went even more extreme than regular orthodox so my uh so i had my uh, thank god to my dad thank god uh i had my uh, uh Wait, but that was religious <laughs> <laughs> I heard See, it. it's still in me <laughs> um but uh yeah like uh, he my dad is uh, american so that's how Thankfully, like I had the opportunity to come here and to, to live here. And I always knew that I'm just not going to stay in Israel because I just didn't fit in. Because regular people in Israel and I, there's big gap. Because why? Like, so if I explain this to you, you'll be like, okay, you will, you'll, you'll understand the story uh, exactly as I'm telling it, right? But if I'm trying to tell to someone from Israel where I came from, how it was to live like that, they don't get it. They think they know how it is because they see those people everywhere, but they, they see it from the outside and they don't really know how it is to be from the inside. So it's very hard for me to uh, be like to get along, like to really understand and to really like. So I was like, you know, when I was in the army, I it was the first time I experienced like um, having I, I, I was having like a social like social um, problems. And I always been like, I always had friends growing up. I always had like a, like a, you know, I was being friendly and stuff like that. But when I went to the army, I, I, I realized that I have some social uh, problems because of where I came from. Cause they also, I didn't mention that part, but they also separate men and women from age one um, completely. So I never really talked to a guy until I was maybe 16. So yeah, so that was, 
and you know there's like a lot of things on the way I was like very naive and thought that like, everybody's nice to me and so a lot comes with that as well but uh yeah it's uh yeah so I went to the army I was I was there for two years and then after I was an operational driver so like I drove the Humvees and the trucks and I went uh, to the field with uh, uh, artillery uh, office, like I was in officers industry. So everybody who becomes officers in an artillery branch, they went through us and I was, I would go with them to the field and we would do like some exercises and stuff like that. Uh, so that was really, really great experience. It's probably one of the smartest thing I've ever done. There's like five really, really good things that I did in my life that was like, Wow, like this one of them were living in my parents' house when I was 14. We're, we're gonna we're uh, gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about that. I wanna I wanna actually just just interject here for a second and just say thank you. Thank you for being so honest and open about your experiences and being here on the show and sharing that. My mind is literally going with so many different questions. One of the questions that keeps coming back into my brain as I as you as I hear you talk and what Scott said before is we have a lot of people that watch the show and sometimes they're limited by their capacity of the opinions and the beliefs of other people, right? So we hold ourselves back. I don't want that person to think ill of me or I want that person's respect or that's something that our family does. That's the heritage, that's the culture. I don't wanna break that. Here you are saying, I recognize that I don't belong here, which a lot of people recognize in their life, whether it's their sexuality or anything else, they recognize they don't belong, but a lot of people have so many different mistakes and or, or so many different excuses and fears as to why they don't do these things. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about some of the fears that you perhaps had in your mind. I know you were confident and said, I don't belong here, but what were some of the fears and potentially some of the excuses? And then the second part of that question is, how did that, all of this impact? I realized that you said that you and your parents said, you know, a handshake and said, all right, audio, see you later. But with your siblings and everybody else, how has that affected your life and your relationships with them? So the answer to the first question, I was, uh, honestly, I was not, I was so disconnected from myself and I was not aware of my fear. I just did every, I just like for me, just like if I felt uncomfortable until today, if I, if I'm uncomfortable in a place, I'm just going to get up and leave. Like I can't stay in a place. And it was easy for me because I just didn't get along with my parents. I never had their good word. We never had, like, I never experienced any, you know, warmth and love. And it's just very like, um, technical you know like hey Hannah do the dishes hey Hannah do the 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 so it was easy for me to leave it was like I like I have nothing to like it's, I, I kind of felt like I'm a slave like I felt like this is why I came here you know so it was easy for me to leave um but it's like yeah I mean I I, I honestly like, this is that, that was like that was my blessing I guess because otherwise I would probably stay there until today you know um and you know with my with my siblings it's tough. Um, it's, I mean, I have two sisters here in the U S that I'm pretty close with. Um, so I I'm very close with those two, but the other, the other, uh, siblings, it's like they're in Israel and it's like, for me, it's very, I mean, we're kind of like very cold family. Uh, like I said, there's no warmth, no love. So th there's, everybody's a kind of very disconnected, very spread out. Um, so, I mean, I went to Israel a year and a half ago to visit and I, I was with them and it was good, but I mean, I talk to them. It's just like not, we never, we were never having that kind of like really strong bond. Like I don't really mm. know them, you know? Yeah. Mm. Wow. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, it's, it's, it's so important just to recognize that sometimes, you know, to be able, like you said, you know, to be in that position where you know that whatever is going to happen next, you're going to get through it. And that, that sounds like that's the type of personality it sounds like you are, is that has, you have that tenacity to say, okay, listen, I don't like where I'm at, so I'm going to change it, which I highly admire and respect. So thank you for being that individual. Thank you. Thank you. 
I actually, when I was in the army, um, there was something that kept happening to me while I was in the army. And I, I always saw it as like something for life. Like it's like the sa same thing in life. So, you know, I was a driver and I always like got to a point where I was like in the corner that I was like, you know, either there's like a big cliff or there's a big uh, rock that I'm like, how am I going to get through it? But always, literally every single time I never went back. I always found a little way at the back or like something. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is life. Cause many times in my life, I got to like points that I was like, oh, oh my God, what am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing from here. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I somewhat always felt like there, there is like some kind of, I don't know, force or energy or like, I, I, I didn't even know. I couldn't admit that it was the universe. I didn't even know. But, uh, but there was something that always guided me to the right direction, always kind of like opened the way for me. So, uh, I, I really saw it kept happening in life. So it's it's just just like it happened in the with the car. Uh, so that was uh, that was something that I was like, yeah, it's exactly like how it is in life. So, yeah. so let let let's sit there for a minute because you know this this is one of those things that Chris and I are always talking about where somebody's interpreting something or listening. So we have a lot of people who listen to our show who are very different beliefs than us. And one of the reasons I think they listen is much what you just said, where you had never spoken to boys and then you were talking to boys. And even if somebody did something malicious or evil, you're probably still more like, why? Like you want to understand. And so we have a lot of people listen to our show. We have polar different beliefs than them, but they still come here to say, well, they're nice people, whatever. And they want to understand us. And so to your point, I love what you're doing because you're driving the Jeep, you're looking forward. You're going, I can't, but you're going, but maybe I can. And you keep leaning in. So let's talk to everyone who's listening tonight and listens in the future. How do we make ourselves lean in to understand others? How do we lean in to recognize whether you call it God, universe or whatever? There's something bigger than you directing you and that we all need to come together and support one another. Because I'm hearing the same thing. Even though you left, you still went back to see your mom and dad. You wanted to embrace the military, even though that's for you, not for you. You want to come to the U.S. You want to keep moving forward. You want to understand. People need that. Talk about that a little bit. So I, when I started my, uh, you know, I did a lot of work, like I mentioned, in the past year and a half. And I realized that, um, you know, I was kind of was guiding through life with the, the, that energy, which is I know now it's like the universe was guiding me like through the right places. Um but, you know, I, st I started a therapy uh, a year and a half ago. I got to like a very low point in my life. And uh, thanks to this one person, thanks to this one person, he was a really bad person, but he, he led me to start therapy. And then I started therapy and I, I grew so much from it. And like, if you talk to me like two years ago, I, <laughs> we would not be in the same place. But so I really believe that, um, that when you say something, like I noticed for me also, like after I opened my eyes and I, 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 I woke up, um, I really noticed that everything I say for good and for bad, it's really what's happening. Like if I'm saying something, uh, if I'm saying something good, uh, this is happening. If I'm saying something, oh, even like something like, oh, I'm bad at directions, like something small and stupid like that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm going to be bad at direction because I'm, I, I keep saying that. But if I say, I always said, I feel like there's something that's watching me and guiding me to the right places. So that's really what kept happening. Uh, and, and, you know, thank, thank God, like, <laughs> thank God. Yeah. Like I was, I was uh, just saying that, but I was, uh, I was like, I, I've been always been like a positive person. I always saw like the good side of everything. 
Um, so it's kind of like uh, led me to that area. But I also always tell my clients, like always focus on the, don't look at yourself in the mirror and be like, hey, uh, I hate myself. Oh my God, I, I can't look at myself. I'm so fat. I need to, no, say I am, I look amazing. I'm going to fit this dress. Like I, I am fitting this dress, like, or oh, whatever. It's like uh, these talks that we tell ourselves, like it really makes a difference. And I really noticed that, um, you know, in the past year and a half, I've been just like really working on that to not like not say something that's like that. I don't want it to happen because it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I was just telling somebody the other day, actually, we we're talking about it. My uh, coaching client, I have my coaching clients read certain books and we started reading the four agreements. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. But one of those, one of those uh, four agreements is be impeccable with your word and talking within that subset is what you're exactly saying. And this is something I've learned from Scott and, and some of my other mentors is the fact that words have vibrational energy and because they, it initiates here within ourselves. What you're saying is if I sit there and put out to the universe, God, I'm always going to suck at public speaking. I'm never going to be any good at that. Then what happens is the, our subconscious mind, the reticular activation system starts to see, okay, there's more evidence and more proof of why I can't do that. But what you're saying is brilliant is to be able to say, focus on that, see it as the present tense and put that vibrational energy, but more importantly, put the action behind that to make it or absolutely reality. I love what you're saying. When you said, now, when you said when you were in your darkest moments and you're, you said you were thankful to that individual for getting you to that place, because that was a springboard for you to be where you're at now. Talk to us about some of those emotions and the way that you, you got out of your own excuses to be able to be the person you're at today. Great. So, question. yeah. So, uh, like, uh, you know, it was beginning of COVID when COVID just started and everybody was kind of like, uh, in, in home and, um, you know, I kind of got to a point where I felt like a little lonely and I was with my uh, my best friend. We used to live together at the time in Las Vegas. And uh, I went on Tinder and she told me, hey, listen, Tinder has this new feature that you can uh, see people from all, all over the world. And uh, I went uh, I went there and I, I was like, oh, let's see what's in Israel just for fun, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I was uh, swiping right on this one guy. Uh, that he's from Israel, and uh, we were talking for a month every day for five to eight hours. We had like chemistry, like like a lot. Yeah, we got like pretty deep, and he told me like crazy things. Now, mind you, I'm 26 at the time, and I never been in a relationship. Like I've never been, like I never experienced that. So I thought it's normal. Um, and uh, you know, we got really connected and all that, and then. Uh, uh, after a month, I was able to move to go to Israel. Like he flew me out to Israel and I got to see my family and my friends. So that was good. But um, it just, uh, after three days that we were together, he gave me a ring. Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, very, and I thought it's normal. He said, okay. Uh, he said basically that, uh, um, Listen, even if it's not going to work out between us, uh, I know I'm not going to find anyone better than you in these words. So you can keep the ring. <laughs> and uh, like it was a very expensive ring. Uh, and I was like, uh, okay, yeah. So, and then after like two weeks uh, that I was there, he started to uh, say things like, uh, I don't know, like I need to go out with more women. I was going to move to Israel for him. Like, wow. I was going to go, I was going to go back. So you accepted here. the proposal? You accepted? It, it, like in my, in my head, it wasn't a proposal, really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I was like, yeah, like it was. I, I never experienced anything like that. So for me, it was like, oh my god, yeah, like. It's so you're like, like wow, okay, this is all amazing and new. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm with you. Yes, 
And, uh, you know, I also told it to my friends and my family that even if it's not going to work out, I can keep the ring and, and just like have it for fun, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's like a consolation prize. Yeah, just go ahead and keep this thing if it doesn't work out. A lot of faith. And it wasn't, it wasn't even his, it was his exes. Like he was, uh, he was um, uh, uh, engaged to someone. <laughs> and that, that was the ring that she chose. <laughs> wow. So I didn't know that part. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, after, after it was like, I was going to move to Israel, like, like, I'm so thankful that it didn't happen because I was going to go back and for a month, like collect my stuff and move to Israel. Uh, but then like two weeks before, um, I came here to the U S he told me that, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't know. I'm not sure. I was like, okay, yeah, that's totally cool. Like it's pretty fast, you know, like, uh, let's, yeah, let's not do it. But you know, he really hurt me because he told me a lot of things and he like, um, promised me a lot of things it's just like the words like was nothing and for me words are very a lot of like I don't just say words you know for me if you say something you have to stand behind what you say so um I went back to to the U.S. and uh, I went like you know I went back to my to live with my uh with my best friend and I became like a zombie like I I was very cold like very like um um like I didn't feel like my heart was broken, but I, I became like a zombie. Like I, like my, I w my friend would sit next to me, like in a, a kitchen table when we were having dinner and she would talk to me and I would be on my phone completely ignoring her. And then one, one day, like we had a conversation and she told me about her therapist. And then that was the first time before that, it was like, for me, like, no way I'm not doing therapy. Um, but then that was the first time. And I was like, maybe, Maybe I need that because I don't want to feel like, like I'm, I'm a zombie. Like I'm not. Yeah. So, uh, so I started a therapy and like, it just, when I started a therapy, it was like just only five things. Hey, I want to learn how to communicate better. I want to learn how to say no, you know, things like very like basic. And then uh, we went deep and <laughs> what came out of there. <laughs> wow. A lot of things, <laughs> different things. <laughs> That's so yeah. that's so beautiful. And everybody needs to listen to that loud and clear because we can rewind through everything that you just said. You're sitting, you know, with your parents with 11 other children and they left the U.S. And I mean, I don't even need to know who they are, but I'm sure that they're fighting against something else. Like you said, they're yeah. proving, you know, there, there's something they did when you leave a country and go say, I'm going to be ultra strict. That's a response to something else. Very rarely is that your own critical thinking mind saying this is who I am it, it the world doesn't work that way so they're running from something this guy literally leaves another girl and says I need a relationship comes to you and he runs into it gives you the ring you're just responding because you haven't been in a relationship like look at how the world mm -hmm. is just in this response state and it's not even response it's hyper reactions and so you know back to square one what I was saying and the stuff that you're doing now that's so beautiful is we need to do the inner work in mind, body, and spirit because they're intertwined. You know, again, Chris just did 75 hard. I'm always playing basketball, working out. Yeah. I'm trying to eat healthy. We're doing all these things because in this vehicle that we live in here on this planet, it's fueled by spirit and it's also fueled by up here and there's an alignment. And so let's talk about your therapy, everything you've gone through and how that comes into now and what you're sharing. because. I see the output from all that. You know, I didn't see you two years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't see you 10 years ago. I didn't know you when you're 14. I don't know your parents. So it's really cool to, because other people are going to go, oh, she seems like she's got it together. That vulnerability and authenticity and truth. Talk about what you're sharing now and how you're a powerful, powerful coach 
based on your your traumas and your issues because Chris and I do this all the time. We're not good coaches because we're really smart. We're really coaches because good coaches because of experience. A little bit smart, a little bit. <laughs> so talk about that. All those things that happen that have built you up to be here today and how you're doing it and what you believe in and what you're sharing. Okay, so I'm going to start probably with the, with the biggest thing of like the, the biggest gift I got from going to therapy is you know, if you asked me like two years ago, Hannah, do you love yourself? I would be like, yeah, of course. What do you mean? Like, of course I love myself. But, you know, going through uh, therapy and all that, I was like, one day I was like, but I got, I got to, you know, we, we did some work and it was a few months in, I was in there. And uh, um, one, one time I was thinking about that question, like, do I really love myself? Like, do I really feel that feeling of love in my body? And then I was thinking about like, what, what do I love? Like, I love like people. I'm like, cause I, I, I figured like, I, I realized that I don't really get connected to people in that level. Like I, I get connected, but I can also get very disconnected. Uh, like, you know, like my, when my best, like I had a best friend that she killed herself and, um, uh, and, uh, she, she, she was, you know, she was a transgender and she killed herself. And then I was like, after three days, I was, fine like nothing happened I, I feel like bad to say it, but I was very very like disconnected uh and uh I was thinking about this question do I really what, what do I love like I was like okay I love food I love working out but then I was like wait do I really love it it's just a passion right like maybe I, I love eating I love it's like I have passion for working out I have but but I don't feel that feeling in my body like I felt like I knew a few months after I was in therapy, I knew that my heart is sealed. Like I, I don't have any emotions in my heart. Like I don't feel anything. And uh, I was like, one day um, I, I realized I was like, okay, I need to crack this nut because I need to experience this. I need to know how it feels like. So I just took myself to Red Rock, which is like mountains in, in Vegas. Mm -hmm. It was like 10 minutes away. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I told myself, okay, today's Sunday. I'm not leaving this place until I'm experiencing that feeling. And I was just sitting there on the mountains by myself. And I was uh, meditating for the first time. It was that I meditated for like in the outside because I always did it in my, in my apartment. Um, I was sitting there and I was like closing my eyes. And I felt like I just like, I was there for like at least 15 minutes. I was like, okay, I don't feel anything. And then I, I started to listen to the, to the wind and I, I could listen where the wind is just by close, just by listening. And I felt the wind on my face and I felt the sun. And then I felt the sun, like the sun like gave me love. Like it gave me warmth. Like I felt my, like for the first time in my life, I felt like my heart was like um, getting full, you know, from, from the, I felt like my, the sun is giving me warmth and the, the wind is giving me love and everything is just like, it's right here. And I was like, oh, this is the universe like this is this is me like it's all i'm part of this like this is this is what it is like that's that's what i the 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 answer that i was missing so after experiencing that uh for the first time when i got it you know uh i was like okay so this is what it is it's the universe it's like it's in me it's like everything it's like the sun it's like everything uh and then uh it, it was very easy for me to experience it since then because once i saw it it was very easy for to, to not to not go back and just know how this feeling is and then it came to 
to humans. Like I learned to really love my family, like really like uh, appreciate and really care for people and not just about, it, it wasn't just about passion for something because passion I had, it's just that love in my heart, the feeling that I was missing. So, so you, need to, you need to take this clip and you need to go to the exact time where you started that and you need to just title it mindfulness and you need to put that out on the internet because you just flawlessly just defined what it means to be mindful because right now and you know chris referenced the you know the ars the uh, um uh, the ras reticular activating system there's only so much that we can handle at once and we fill ourselves and we make ourselves busy so we're never really feeling and so i've got to do this i've got to do this like you said you didn't have love so i've got to do the dishes i've got to do this life is just literally a series of chores I've got to go to school. I got to get to bed on time. I got to get up again. I've got to, and it's, I've got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, and suddenly you pass away. And so that, and, and it sounds crazy, but Chris and I were always talking about the book, the five regrets, top five regrets of the dying. Um, the biggest regret is not living life enough for yourself. And I think that is directly, you know, touching the idea of being mindful. So if nobody listens to anything else we've said this whole time, go back and re-listen to Hannah right there, because there's something gorgeous about just sitting there and going, I can taste the wind, I can feel the sun. And that's just, that's embracing the now, the present moment, the gift. And that's all of life. Like we, we could drop these shows right now, never do another show. And if everybody takes that to heart and walks away, our work is done here. It's that true. simple. It's, it's, it's really so true. Problem. And I just, I applaud, I applaud you. I applaud you because when you were talking about that, Hannah, I was sitting there thinking about, for me, getting in touch with more being in the moment. Um, for me, it's so funny because I will just stop and stand and my wife will look at me crazy because I wasn't this person, you know, four or five years ago. But to your point, I will stop and I'm like, listen to the leaves, feel the wind. Like I'll just sit there and I'll feel the sun on my face. And I'll just feel like, like you said, you know, I, I feel like I'm healing. I, I sit there and I just, I just perceptualize and I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. And before I wasn't really necessarily that I was just the person that got shit done. And I just sit there and I stop and I'm like, wow, feeling the sun's radiance and just feeling like it pouring into me. It's such an amazing experience. So I wanted to say thank you for sharing that. When you were sitting there and experiencing this, I would imagine that being so closed off and so guarded for so much of your life and having to protect yourself and protect your feelings and but still fight for what you're going to do and, and be this be this person or be this machine, if you will, like, okay, nothing's going to stop me. This is who I am. I'm going to get what I want and everything. And then having this vulnerable moment where, you know, the the God universe, the source is like sitting there saying, okay, listen here, little girl. Okay. You're, 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 you're getting older right now, but here's some lessons that you need to learn. And in that process, I can imagine that empathy and forgiveness would have had to come up for you in that process. And a lot of people that watch the show and a lot of people that I work with, they have a challenge with being able to find forgiveness. And before we were talking about, you know, essentially what we say is to seek first to understand then to be understood. Talk to us about if there was any, any part of that where you had to go back and, and realize forgiveness for yourself or have empathy for yourself. Or I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit before is you know having some empathy and understanding for whatever your parents might have been through to cause them to be the people that they were but ultimately you know what is your advice for people to be able to to experience that for themselves and overcome some of that that guardedness that people have such a, a desire to like you're not going to see who i am i'm not going to be vulnerable i'm not going to be weak but when in actuality it's a sign of strength to be able to overcome that yeah um well i have chills <laughs> uh okay so uh it's uh mission accomplished this <laughs> this uh this topic is something that's very it's like probably there's a, the main things that are big for me um that like uh i i can't like 
like I'm still working on it. You know, I have a lot to work on still, and I'm I'm uh, like I'm on it. You know, uh, we but all are. One of the yeah. forever, forever. So so here's the beautiful thing, and I don't I don't want to interrupt you. But I want you to hold this and re remember this. If anybody ever tells you they're awakened, awakened, and not awakening, they're lying because yeah. this is an ever flowing universe with constant movement. So the minute you get one thing, you, there's one more. The goal is to realize that you're sitting in it and in balance. And in balance means we're constantly moving and responding and we're forgiving, we're having empathy, we're releasing emotion. It's how do I stay in balance? It's kind of like surfing the wave of eternity. And so with that sure. understood, you never have to be like this person's smart or whatever. We're just sharing information to surf that wave together for eternity. It's not, it's not more complicated than that. I just yeah. fell in the water and got eaten by a shark. Keep going. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's something for me being vulnerable. It was something that uh, even in front of myself, it was very hard. Like for me, I always tell my therapist, it's very hard for me to seem weak. Like I'm supposed to be the strong person always for myself. I always supposed to be like strong. I cannot show weakness. I cannot. Uh, if I cry, I cry when no one is watching. No one ever sees me cry. Like no way. Um, so it was, uh, it, you know, it started with like, with like, first of all, being vulnerable to, you know, myself with my therapist, she guided me there. Uh, the first time she did, uh, something really beautiful. I actually want to experience, like, I want to share that because that was amazing. Uh, she did like, uh, the first time she did like gu guided imagination, imagination with me. So she took me back to inside my mom's womb. Um, so room that's how you say it right mm -hmm. yeah yep. okay you got it so so uh that was like uh uh okay so she was that was the first time that she did something like that all right like her type of therapy is like uh she would ask me like where do i feel like certain emotion like where do i feel it in my body like and then what i'm thinking about like what's coming up to my head the when i'm feeling that emotion let's say I feel something pointy in my chest uh what shape what color um what texture and then she what what's the first picture that comes into your mind and then I was like okay that comes into my mind so like certain age usually it's like very beginning of life like when we're still young uh so one time I was like uh when I was like inside my mom's um womb and uh she took me back there so, so she said okay close your eyes and she kind of like uh took me back there and I went to that little baby as I am today and I saw her face facial expression like she was very tense and uh she was everything was very stressed my mom was stressed the the, the outside of like the world was stressed because my mom always been taking care of kids so it was like a lot of noise and she told me is the first time uh she told me is there anything you want to tell that um that little baby like to yourself and I was like no I have nothing to tell her but I just want to, I just want to just like pet her, you know, like right here, you know, just that, that I have nothing to tell her. I was like very like afraid of it. Um, and then she like, I did that. And then the facial expression of the baby changed. And then she, when, when she told me, okay, it's about time to go back right now. Uh, she grabbed my finger. She didn't want to let me go. I like literally experienced that. It's just like, it was crazy um and then but but I, at least i saw her facial expression become more like uh calm 
And uh, I don't know where I was going with this, but I just wanted to share that. But it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, that was very, very powerful. And then she, you know, we did that with like other areas in life. But to back to the the topic is that that feeling that we're trying to stay strong and like to I, I'm I'm still like I still it's very hard for me to get vulnerable. But I can tell you for something that really helps me uh with the help of my therapist is to just share just share just like talk about it talk about it with people uh that's why i'm also like sharing on social media and i'm sharing like really deep stuff in uh, in my podcast or on on social media like i'm i'm very like open because people say that i'm maybe i mean maybe i'm helping people but i'm actually doing it for me it's really helping me when i'm doing it you know yep. so um yeah so this is uh this is something if you knew me like two years ago I, I was the kind of person who keeps everything in my stomach i never talk about anything to anyone when people ask me how are you i was like okay i'm good you know like not nothing so this is like crazy like if you knew me like two years ago so you know what's you know what's interesting the fact that you're saying um and i talked to you about this the other day too but the fact that you're telling other people and you're sharing that's actually phase three because in forgiveness, remember, you know, one of the things that Chris and I share is act. And the first step is awareness. So once you're aware that you something you did or something somebody else did, now I can address this is something that needs to be forgiven, whether it's from me or others. The next place is that commitment to doing it. And then the final piece is that telling. So you're already in phase three. You're telling people that, hey, oh. it's okay. And so think of this, that final tell that's where you can really start, you know, Chris and I talk about shedding the baggage and taking flight. So once we start shedding that baggage or you specifically start shedding that baggage, that's when you get lighter and there's a weird thing that will start coming over you. I mean, think of, use the surfing analogy. Imagine you're trying to get up on a surfboard and you've got sandbags in your shoulders. That's what's happening. And the minute you just drop the sandbags, you get up on the, the board and you're like, I'm surfing. And you're like, well, yeah, you always could have surfed. You just carried these bags because you thought you were supposed to. And as you're releasing those, this world gets more and more and more beautiful, I promise. It's a, it's an amazing place for all of us. You yeah. know, we're all doing this and it's a it's a process. You know, to your point, you know, if we were if you were saying, you know, I had some I felt like a, a pain in my throat. It's most likely or possibly something that you're not expressing or not saying or something in the solar plexus could be more emotional and you're holding it down here. So you can identify those things and when you start to feel them, create awareness and then get through that process to tell it's, it's amazing because you're throwing the bags off and suddenly think how beautiful the world is. If you're surfing with zero resistance and it's just like fluid and it's just like kind of like dancing on the wave, yeah. no sharks <laughs> eating you, <It's> all <laughs> but you're doing yeah. it. It's, it's beautiful to watch. And, and I'm sure your stories and your sharing is to Chris and I's point, you know, we've got to share and be vulnerable. It's amazing what comes when somebody sees something we're doing, they're like, that's me, I, you know, I'm there now, you were there then, can you help me? And it's kind of like, you take that bag off your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're doing that. That's why we're here together to help you help each other. And it's a, it's a beautiful process. It's a beautiful process. Chris, you got anything Thank to you. add? 
Yeah, yeah. I just want, I wanted to segue a little bit because I noticed that we've already been talking for quite enough, quite a lot of time. And you know, you 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 you've come here, you've done this, you're doing the work. I applaud you 100. It's going to get better. It's going to get easier. Um, the more I've been vulnerable, I was the same way. I never told people I was homeless. I never told people anything. I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta have this persona about myself. And once I dropped all that bullshit and was just like, I'm just gonna be me. Um, especially in the last couple of years, it's been absolutely amazing what I've attracted in my life, Scott, and all these other beautiful people in my life doing this show. Um, has been truly remarkable. So you're such a, an early stage in your in your journey. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep expressing. Keep journeying. Uh, all that stuff. But now, more importantly, now you're now you're now you're a fitness coach, health coach. You're out here inspiring other people to take responsibility for their own lives. Talk to us a little bit about how you got into that, and maybe some of the some of the the characteristics, or maybe some of the things that separates you from your competition. Given your backstory and everything else, I imagine there's a little bit in there. But what 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 are some of the the things that you do with your clients now that that gets them over the edge and, and creates the the unstoppable life that they they, they so badly want? So I, you know, I'm, I'm very, I got into it like seven years ago. I kind of, I was forced into getting into fitness uh, because uh, I was forced. Uh, I started from eating healthy. I came to visit my family here in the U.S. and uh, they were eating healthy and I used to smoke cigarettes, you know, in the, when I was in the army seven years ago. Uh, so, you know, I kind of, I was here for a whole month of eating healthy and I kind of liked it. I kind of liked the, the food that my sister made. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to Israel. I'm not going to smoke. I'm going to start eating healthy. And then it's from there starting to be like a uh, fitness also. Um, and so I've been doing that for the past seven years, eating healthy. And of course it's, it's, I, I learned with the years and in 2019, I decided that this is my passion and I want to go and, and, and get certified uh, with NASM. Uh, through Body Design University, and uh, I I did that, and I found a way that um, it's really fun and 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 like enjoyable to eating healthy and working out. So all of my workouts are very like uh, unique. Like I I like to mix like balance and uh, hit so endurance with uh, strength. So I literally like make up like um, exercises. And also same with like food, I would make like a ice cream with cauliflower or a cheesecake with tofu. Um, I make uh, like uh, brownies from sweet potatoes. <laughs> I love. <laughs> <laughs> yo, like, yo, it's so freaking good. I promise you. I'm not just saying it because I let some people taste. I'm like, sometimes I'm thinking maybe it's in my head, but no, it's really, really good. And I share a lot of my recipes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically what I, my passion is to help people to, first of all, learn to love yourself from within, because it doesn't matter what the, the goal number, like the, if you see like a number on the scale, it's not going to make a difference. It has to come from within. So if you are a person that you look like a Victoria's Secret model, or you look like uh, someone that, you know, needs to, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you need to really learn to love yourself from within. Uh, so that's something that I'm trying to find with my clients. So it's a lot of mental uh, work as well. And uh, it's really like tell them, like like show them a way that they can enjoy it. So, hey, you don't like this exercise? It's like, I'm not talking don't like, oh, it's hard, it's challenging. I'm not talking about that kind of don't like. I'm talking about like, really? I don't want to work out because of this exercise. And that happens. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to do this one. There's like a millions of other things that we can do. Like there are literally like endless of things that we can do to challenge you and make you enjoy it. So, you know, all the balance, balance stuff that I do, it's like a lot of uh, challenge. It's like a lot of mental work as well. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just 
my clients, they tell me I can, I, I'm so excited for tomorrow's workout because like they're excited for it. And this is what I want to hear. This is because it's a lifestyle. It's not like we're not here to do two months of uh, let's uh, let's do like a Nazi diet. And like, uh, you only have to eat lettuce and rice. No, let's let's enjoy it. Let's make it fun. Uh, it's it's uh, and and you know also like a lot of a lot of uh, fitness coaches out there like they would be like uh, you know uh, if let's say you ate something bad they'll yell at you so I don't believe in that because I believe when when you eat something bad and bad uh, something that's not really healthy for you um, it's uh, it, it's just like if you feel like beat yourself up for it or if someone's gonna especially if someone's gonna come out from the outside and gonna beat beat you like beat you uh, for it then it's your body won't digest it really well. So like your oh, wow. body's going to resist that. Yeah. It's actually like, uh, it's, it's, uh, they do it like as a, it's like a research that the, the people we've been doing. So it's very like, it's connected. So I noticed also for me and also with my clients that they have like a cheat meal and they can enjoy, of course, with balance and they, they're not like beating themselves up for it. Like they don't gain weight. Like they don't, you know, they just in peace with that. So it's just, uh, it's very important to just be like, okay, that happened. We can't change that. Like, you're not going to throw up. It's not a thing. Like, we don't do that. Uh, so instead, just think about how to plan it for next time to prevent it, that it's not going to happen. And talk to me, talk to me, talk to me always. Like, always, like, talk to me about your struggles. Hey, let's find a way to do that. And and there's there's always a way. And it, it can be enjoyable. That's really the bottom line, like, for sure. I like it. Chris, one of the things that's interesting, um, you know, she's got her certifications through NASA and the National National Association of Sports Medicine. And um, it's it, it's interesting because, you know, when I got those certifications, you know, a few years back, they only had one program that even dealt with anything behavioral. And I'm sure they still have the same program. It's it's literally it's symptomatic. So what they're doing is they're saying, if this person won't do this, do this. But it's it's never going to the root cause. There's no classes about that. So what you're doing. And not punishing them is crucial because if someone's emotional eating, there's something much deeper. Like you said, you might just not be feeling. And so the way for you to almost feel is eat a thing of ice cream. And so for me to crucify that just makes you sit here and go, okay, so I already suck. Now I double suck. Oh, this is fun. And eventually there's so much negative energy. Instead of saying, I can see that, you know, eating ice cream would be fun. What do we do? You know, do you want to keep doing that? Or is there something you want even more? And that's the badass part is when trainers are doing what you're doing and going deeper and not criticizing nonstop because I've watched it. I mean, I walk around the gym and there's people who still do that. Um, I've got friends I used to train with who honestly, that's one of the reasons I stopped training with a certain person is because they did that constantly. What's he on yeah, our show? He was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's also very important for me to mention that everybody's different. So whatever works for one person might not work for the other person. Not everybody needs the same training. Not everybody's needs the same nutrition. Everybody's different. And the approach for me as a coach is different. There's all kinds of 100%. people. So and mm, how do you get there? That. Yeah, you just ask questions. You can ask them and figure out who they are. It's just everyone says this is how people respond. It's like, no, that's how you respond. So I love it. Yeah. Perfect. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on testing? A lot of what I've seen uh, in my own personal experience, and I'm not a, a bodybuilder or anything like that, but one thing I've noticed is, is for me, even personally, 
I went and got tested for gluten allergies and I got went and did a bunch of tests, food allergy tests. And I did find out that I had sensitivities and whatnot. And once I started removing those foods from my, from my program, I started feeling better, which ultimately when I felt better, I wanted to work out more. What are your thoughts on people going proactively and getting, you know, whether it's blood tests, whether it's, you know, food allergy tests, whether it's vitamin deficiency tests, are you a fan of any like scientific research to get a benchmark of where somebody's at and then testing them later on to see where they're at as well? Yes, I definitely think it's a it's very it's a great way for you to know what's good for you because let's say oats for example it's healthy but it's not good for everybody not not everybody digests it really well so yeah. it's very good to do those and also with vitamins you know how people like oh I'm taking this vitamins and that vitamin like they take like a whole bunch of loads of capsules and your liver can't can't even like uh, break it down because you overload your liver with things that you don't even need your body don't even absorb it absorb it yeah with like uh because you don't you don't do it like as you should so i definitely uh believe in that and uh, you know also it, there's a the, the 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 longer way to test it so it's kind of like cutting things out of your diet like let's say you want to cut out meat and stuff like that and see what's best for you i've tried like a lot of different diets and i found that for me again for me plant-based is the best i don't think it's for everybody but for me it's the best like it my performance is like like crazy on plant-based, like um, I, it's it's way better for me. But I've seen some people that when they when they do in plant-based, it's just not working for them, and it's totally okay. But again, I'm not talking about vegan because vegan can be really shitty. It can be really really like unhealthy. The ingredients are very very important. I'm, I always say it's all about the ingredients, and the minimal ingredients, the better because. Just think about it like that. When you buy something at the grocery store, you when you check the ingredients, if you see a whole list of things that you cannot even read, most likely your yeah. body cannot read that as well. It's just very simple, <clears throat> like simple science. Like if you can't read it, probably your body can't do the same either. Uh, so just like the minimal, like you, it, just be easy with your gut and just like minimal ingredients and make sure you can actually read everything. And of course, if you have like goals of like losing weight and stuff like that, you want to watch the macros as well. But people go like, oh, it's zero, zero sugar, zero calories. But then you look at the ingredients, literally not even- A thousand milligrams of sodium. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing yeah. in there. Yeah, nothing, what? nothing. It's just crap you put in your body. like, And then your body don't digest it and then it causes like disease, like, uh, like um, you know, lots of like heart problems and uh, digestive issues because yeah, it's zero calories. Okay. And then what, what's going to happen in 10 years because of this shit, you know? So, so true. And even, even also, even also to the point of eating for your blood type, I know there's a book out there. that's very mm -hmm. popular that says eat for your blood type. And the reason why I asked that question is I have a, a personal friend of mine. She's a trainer. She's a doctor and she thought plant-based she's always eating plants. She's like, Christopher, you actually hired her as my nutritionist years and years and years ago i learned a ton but it wasn't until a couple of years ago she's like she goes chris i'm doing a new diet i'm like what are you doing i said you've always eat, you know done plants and everything she did a carnivore diet and this blew my mind she goes chris i've done nothing but meat for 30 days and she says i feel amazing she goes the plant-based diet i was doing okay she goes but on a carnivore diet she goes i feel amazing and she went back to the plant-based diet and then screwed her all up and she thought she was doing the right thing but you know just testing it out for yourself is is one of those one of those great things to do so so thank you for recommending that um in the interest of time and everything this has been an amazing show um i know i want people we want people to continue the conversation with you i know i could ask you another about 50 million questions uh so thank you for spending your time with us i know i know you got a lot of stuff going on where can people get a hold of you and continue the conversation where can they get a hold of you on your podcast uh i need to listen to that podcast as well but uh thank you again so much for being here on the show where uh where can people get a hold of you thank you so much for having me so uh my podcast is simply hannah healthy you can find it on uh, uh through uh 
uh, Buzzsprout, but you can also find it on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. And I have seven episodes, so it's pretty new. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's, so it's anything about health, like mental health, physical health, nutrition, all that kind of stuff. And then I got my Instagram, which is Hannah underscore healthy, Hannah Noich at the end. Yes, and uh, I have, uh, you know, um, yeah, my website also, so. And one thing, let's plug here real quick. Um, so one of the things that uh, really cool that came up of uh, COVID that you, you're telling me you do Zoom-based fitness classes and uh, Zoom-based training. So anybody who, for whatever reason, can't get to a gym or just doesn't want to and wants to work out a few times a week, get in touch with Hannah because she'll be absolutely amazing. I guarantee it. And every day she's got something positive. The other day it was having a bad hair day, loving it, don't care, here I go. I mean, it's always <laughs> something good. She's going to take something, flip it, and reframe it and make it good. So get in touch with Hannah. Yeah. Also, uh, one more thing I want to mention. Uh, there's the Zoom training, and then there's also, like, uh, I build, like, uh, uh, people uh, through, like, an app that they actually mm -hmm. can do it either at the gym or at home. So oh, sweet. Uh, there's also that that I do. So it's, like, online thing, yeah. So Love it. Awesome, awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Hannah Stone. Thank you so much for being here on the Filtered Experience. We're going to put you backstage here for just a few minutes. We're uh, Scott and I are going to round out the show. Don't go anywhere because we want to continue talking with you backstage for just a few moments. But thank you again for being here and thank sharing you. your brilliance. Look forward to having more conversations with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And there we have it. Another hour, Scott. And I always forgot, I forgot to even tell all of our listeners and our viewers, like ask us questions and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, please engage with us. I apologize for not doing that before, but I was so enthralled in her story and just the miraculousness of, of her having the tenacity and the vision to be able to say, listen, this is not me. This is not for me. And being able to sit there and, and just decide whatever it takes, whatever mountain I have to move, I'm going to get through that. And then ultimately moving those mountains and, and creating a life for herself. But then again, being open to the realization like, okay, I don't want to be this person anymore either. And, and being open to be vulnerable and, and to going to see a therapist, I just highly applaud her. Thank you for introducing her to us. I love it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's funny because so many times we look at all our negative, you know, supposed negatives and all our obstacles and all the things that are so difficult to manage. And we say, that's what's bringing me down. And we go into victim status and you know this as well as I do. And if you want to lean into victor or player status, you've got to say, there's a reason that's there. What was it? Use it as a step instead of an op obstacle and move your way up with it. And she did it. You know, she's thankful for a person who, you know, heard her and led her to therapy to find her own heart and get into those now moments. So I hope everybody heard that loud and clear. Do the same thing for yourself. You guys all rock and we love you. We love you. And as one final thought, and uh, just to make sure you guys go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com, go there, become a part of our Facebook community. We're going to be focusing a lot of that in 2022. Scott and I have some great ideas for some upcoming different types of shows. So if you guys have uh, ideas for guests, ideas for topics that we can cover, we want to hear from you guys. But more importantly, we want to interact with you guys in the Facebook community. So go to theunfilteredexperience.com. You can find all of our contact information. You can get in the group, introduce yourself, and let us know what it is that we can do to support you for having an amazing 2022. 22. But first and foremost, and last but not least, we love each and every one of you guys. We want you guys to be to walk away from this experience inspired. And again, take one aspect of what she said tonight and, and how it can apply to your life and go do that. 
Go do that. Go focus on that one thing. Compound interest will build upon itself. And again, like, like she said so brilliantly, focus on where you're at and where you're going, not where you've been and what you've done. Use the psychology of the words that you use. Catch yourself when you're being negative. And I promise you guys will continue to grow and more things will unfold for you. More doors will open up for you and you'll continue being a brilliant soul on this amazing adventure that we get to do here on the Spinning Blue Marble through space. We love each and every one of you. We're going to be back again next Friday night. 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, with another guest or it'll be Scott and myself just riffing all designed to get you guys to move your life forward. So we love each and every one of you guys, our unfiltered crew, and we want you to have a blessed weekend. Go out there and be the change you bitch about. And uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next time here on the Unfiltered Experience. Peace. Love you guys. <laughs>